Hey you, Nina here. This episode plays with the intersection of sin and gay intimacy. It's going to be about judgment and non-judgmental stance, folks. So I'm curious, are you ready to play? Welcome to Triggered. Can we play with that? You know that moment when your emotions ramp up in an instant, leaving you feeling helpless, frozen, or out of control? In that moment, you've been emotionally hijacked, the very definition of triggered. And I want to ask you, can we play with that? I'm Nina El Garcia, drama therapist and empowerment coach of Houston Creative Arts Therapy. Join me as we discover ways to empower you and the people who mean the most to you to transform hard conversations into teachable moments. Triggered. Real playful. Real respectful. Real empowered. Join me. Let's take a breath. So in last week's episode, we talked a lot about perspective. I talked about how, as a drama therapist, one of the greatest gifts I have to offer people is the gift of perspective. My window of tolerance, having been well honed in dealing with all different types of people from all different walks of life, tends to be a bit larger than the average person. And for those of you who don't know what window of tolerance means, I will describe it as such. It is my ability to tolerate accept, work with, and empower more things as opposed to less. And I've practiced and honed and trained and educated myself because I believe that that's important as a therapist. So knowing this, we move into this week's episode, which deals with judgment. And I think last week's episode is a really good place to start on perspective. Otherwise, let's dive in this week. So why is it important to talk about judgments? What does it even mean to judge something? So judgments help simplify things, right? Things can be good or bad. You should do that or you shouldn't do that, right? Judgments provide a quick way to make sense of the world. If I walk over to some type of food and I say, that food smells so bad. I bet it tastes even worse. Hashtag judgment, right? The idea that if it smells bad, it must also taste bad. Hmm. Or that man's pants are too low. He obviously can't take care of himself. Hmm. Somehow drawing a connection between the fact that that man wears his pants a little bit low that he might also not be able to take care of himself. Judgment. So here's the problem with judgments. They don't always match up to reality. So if we go back to the two examples we just did, let's say I see papaya and I cut open that papaya. Now I'm gonna be real with y'all. I do not like the smell of papaya. It smells like throw up to me and I am not exaggerating. But If I put papaya into a smoothie, I can drink it and that stuff tastes good. (laughs) So if I jump from the judgment of it smells terrible to it also tastes terrible, it simply did not match up with reality. It would not have been true. Same thing with our second example. Let's say you see a man. Let's say his pants are too low. Um, How many famous men living up in mansions still rocking their pants too low? It's a stylistic choice. 
not necessarily something that says they don't know how to take care of themselves, right? We can't necessarily make our judgments match up to reality. Another problem with judgments, they suggest the world as a whole should fit into our box of understanding. It stops our box of understanding from being molded by observing the world as it is. So judgments can be super helpful, but we're going to talk today about the judgments that aren't. And here's an example. There is someone I love in my life. I have known them for quite a while. They are a beautiful person inside and out. If you were to meet this person, you would think what a role model, what a bright, powerful woman. This woman has traveled, has done things, has changed lives and changes lives. In fact, every day with what she has chosen to do as a career. Now, because we're going to be using a moment that I have had with this woman, we're not actually talking about this woman and her beliefs as a whole. We're talking about a moment that I had with her that characterizes an idea that we're going to be talking about today. So when we talk about this character and their beliefs, we're talking about Charlotte, not the person as a whole, but this moment that is now being characterized for the remainder of this episode as Charlotte. Because the material that we play with in Triggered, can we play with that, can be triggering, it's important to know that we are ready to play with this today. We're not going to take it personal. And if you find that you are triggered, it's a great opportunity to use this as a teachable moment. What is bigger or older than this conversation that is really being triggered? So without further ado, let's launch in. Charlotte and I were sitting around a fire on a cold night. The sound of cars were far in the distance. It was a really lovely night. I had on a big old coat. It's so rare for it to be cool out, especially in Texas, but it was. It was a lovely crisp night. And of the many things we talked about that night, kids, marriage, careers, and of course, COVID, because when can we not stop talking about that these days? The concept of sin and gay couples came up. Now, for those not religiously inclined, if you go to Google, sin is literally defined as an immoral act considered to be a transgression against divine law. So to be clear, this is now a judgment container, setting up both what belongs inside the container and what belongs outside. So one moment in particular stood out to me. We're having this conversation and keep in mind, I'm having to do mental gymnastics because me and Charlotte, we have very different ways of looking at the world, right? We talked about how I'm a drama therapist, blah, blah, blah. Charlotte's not. So we have very different ways of looking at the world, which is much what you were probably experiencing in your own world. Sometimes you come across people who have very different ways of looking at the world. So there's one moment in particular in our conversation that stands out to me. And it's this moment around sin and gay couples. And so as we're talking about this, I'm trying to think like, wait a minute, are we saying that you know, in the box of like human beings and all of the heterosexual people go in this like 
this is normal and not sinful for them to be together. Do we put all the gay people outside of the box? Like, does that make them evil? And so I ask that because I'm trying to figure out what's wh- what goes in the box, what doesn't go in the box for Charlotte. And Charlotte's response is, I don't think gay people are evil, right? And I say, okay, okay. So I take my gay people that were outside the box and I put them back inside the box. I'm like, okay, they're not evil. They're good. Okay, I've got this. Like God created everyone in this box, which means they are naturally designed this way. They are naturally attracted to people of the same sex. Okay, got it. Then she goes on. It's just being intimate together. That's a sin. And I go, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. So now I'm going to take my gay people outside of the box if they've been intimate together. But if they've never been intimate together, then they can stay inside the box. Okay, so judgment uh, inside the box, judgment outside the box. Okay, I think I've got the understanding of how this works. But then she goes on. Those parts just don't go together. And I think, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Those parts just don't go together. What if you're intersex and you have an atypical arrangement of otherwise healthy, vibrant, reproductive organs? What if you're not the typical? Does that also mean that you go outside the box if you're intimate, but again, that's how you were naturally developed? Or do you get to go inside the box because that's how you naturally developed and you have multiple parts, so you get more choice than the rest of us as to who you can be intimate with, right? I am doing some serious mental gymnastics here, y'all. Because, of course, my little therapist self came out and was like, how do I sit here with non-judgmental stance and like accept that this is the way someone else sees the world? And so she goes on. And I've lost some gay friends because of my beliefs, but I also have some gay friends who stick by me and they get it. And I think that was really important to hear because it leaned a lot more perspective than both she or I could even offer in that apparently one of three things. There were gay people out there who had been intimate with each other and were okay with believing it was a sin. There were gay people out there who'd never been intimate with each other because they never wanted to sin. Or there were gay people out there who didn't believe it was a sin and so couldn't belong inside or outside the box. And oh my gosh, the amount of mental gymnastics I was trying to do to figure out how to connect this inherently limiting belief to my own expansive set of beliefs. Now, this podcast episode is not going to be about whether Charlotte was right or wrong. Because guess what, folks? We're playing with judgment and non-judgmental stance. And a lot of us are very good at judging. The tool from today that you should be taking with you is non-judgmental stance. How do you practice not judging in such a way that it doesn't mean you change your beliefs or who you are, but it means you don't get triggered by something that is bigger or older than the moment, which leaves you in such a way that you are dysfunctional in your way to communicate. We want to keep you functional and online. This conversation and this quote, and I'll say it all together here. This quote from Charlotte, this moment stood with me for two days after this conversation. I just kept hearing, I don't think gay people are evil. It's just being intimate together that's a sin. Those parts just don't go together. And I've lost some gay friends because of my belief, but I also have some gay friends who stick with 
by me and they get it. It stuck with me for days. I couldn't get off it. And I couldn't get off it because I was not a therapist in that moment. I did not have my non-judgmental stance hat on. I loved this person. I was not expecting this moment as many of the things that are triggering for us. And I was stuck in a loop. I was yellow flagging. It was disrupting my day. So I'm sitting with it and I think, gosh, it just keeps coming back. I'm trying to put it to the side and it just keeps coming back. I need to acknowledge that there is a part of me, Nina, who is judging Charlotte's belief because my belief is different. And I thought to myself, I really am not going to change Charlotte. And what I want for myself is to not be so triggered by this. So what do I do for myself? How do I take care of myself? Because judgment ain't helping. Now, as I go through the next steps of how do I practice non-judgmental stance in this moment, it's important to know that we don't practice non-judgmental stance because we don't want to change the world. I stand by my beliefs and what I believe in every day. We practice non-judgmental stance so that we can offer ourselves the gift of clarity and perspective to be able to make more effective decisions on how to make change in the world without being clouded by our emotional state. Here's how I practice non-judgmental stance. Step one, you got to notice. I have to notice that I am stuck in a judgment loop. I am yellow flagging triggered. It's disrupting my day. Step two, ask myself, is it hurting myself or others? Is it helping myself or others? Constantly ruminating on someone else's beliefs that are different from mine is definitely not helping me. It is definitely disrupting my workday and my personal thoughts. So something's got to change. Step three, replace the judgments with facts. And in this case, here are some of the facts. My beliefs are different than Charlotte's. Fact. I believe that being intimate, consensually, with another adult, if it is helpful for both you and that person and does not hurt you or that person, is safe. Step four, acceptance. I accept that we see the world differently. Also that it's okay for me to be disappointed with someone else's views and not judge that I am disappointed. I accept that I do not have to change the way I see the world in order for me to love this person. And I do not have to change the way they see the world in order for me to love this person. Step five, proceed with clarity. And the clarity was this. I am who I am. I love people as people. And if it doesn't hurt them or others, and if it may in fact be beneficial to them and others, then that's okay. We've come to the end of the episode, and I'm wondering, what's your takeaway? For those of you who enjoy a bit of self-exploration, I'll leave you with this question exploring judgment 
and non-judgmental stance. When you witness yourself judging this upcoming week, and remember that could be good or it could be bad, how can you engage in non-judgmental stance just to practice the skill for when you may really actually need it one day? You step one, notice. Step two, is it helping or hurting? Step three, replace your judgments with facts. Step four, accept the reality of the situation. Step five, proceed with clarity. So I expect a lot of us will have a lot to say on this episode. Many of you have been messaging me or emailing me afterward to say things, which I'm always open to, but I hope that you'll notice throughout this episode What we're trying to do is not say if something is right or wrong. We're trying to have teachable moments so that we can move forward with clarity on who we are and how we choose to interact in this world. Because it is, after all, beliefs or no beliefs, a choice. That's what we planned for today, folks. Thanks for taking a minute to explore your triggers as a human. And if this has been helpful and you'd like to support Triggered, can we play with that? Please feel free to leave a rating and or review on iTunes as it actually helps people find us when you do. Otherwise, stay safe out there.